This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Throughout this series, we're going to be retracing the steps of some of the primary characters within the birth narrative of Jesus. Last week, we looked at Mary, and today we're going to continue with her story in Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 37. If you have your Bible, say, I'm there. And if not, it'll be on the screen for you. And here's what it says. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. How many are thankful that of his kingdom, there will be no end. Come on, political parties will end. <laughs> Dictatorships will end. But the kingdom of God will never end. Verse 34. And Mary responded to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. The title of my message today is Moving from Doubt to Wonder. Moving from Doubt to Wonder. I love Christmas probably more than any other season because Christmas inspires wonder within our hearts. Any of you remember being a child and just being so excited about Christmas morning. I was that kid that used to literally go down and shake all the presents before their time and just kind of try to figure out what was inside. Anybody else try to do that? Some of you still try to do that? Yeah, I'm looking at some of you today. You're nodding. I used to even go one step further. I would try to wait until my parents or Santa left putting the presents under the tree and I would go sneak down and I would sleep underneath the tree. I had this little heater and I would like plug it into the wall and put it right next to me so that I could be the very first person to open every present. That was me. I was that kid. Anybody else relate to that? No, no, some of you, okay. Like children, God invites us to come with wide-eyed wonder to, to experience who he is, the joy of unwrapping this beautiful, most precious gift we call Jesus, the son, the God-man himself in human form, in flesh, the greatest gift of all. And he comes to us today even the same, to inspire wonder within our hearts. Today I want to talk about how God moves us from places, or what I'm going to refer to as ditches of doubt, to places of wonder. Places where nothing is impossible with God. Have you ever faced a particular situation where you found yourself doubting? Or how about stuck? Just feeling kind of stuck or limited. I'll never forget Years ago, uh, before we moved to Salt Lake City, Candace and I took a trip here, and we came to visit some friends and some family that were still living here at the time, and uh, she wanted to kind of show me around her old neighborhood up in Summit Park where her father built a house back in the early 90s, and so we went up on the hill, and it was the end of December, so snow was pouring, it was coming down, it was crazy conditions. I remember we were driving in her white Jeep Cherokee, that thing was awesome by the way, and everything was going good until we came around this corner and we lost control and we went into a ditch. 
And normally it would be fine, but we were actually up there really late at night and there were no lights and there was nobody around. And so all we had were two snowboards and are trying to literally dig ourselves out of this ditch. And so here I am in the middle of December, it's cold, it's dark, and I'm trying to use my snowboard to dig myself, to dig our tire, to dig enough so that we could get some traction. And we were stuck for like, what, 30 minutes to an hour? It was getting cold. We're like, what are we going to do? I mean, like, we're up here and it's freezing cold. Finally, somebody came, a neighbor came and helped tow us out of that ditch. And in the same way, doubt is like a ditch sometimes that we find ourselves getting stuck in if we're not careful. In fact, one wrong turn and we can find ourselves drifting off course, drifting off the place or the path that God has for our lives. And I wonder today, maybe what ditches you find yourself in as you go through life. Doubt is a ditch that we can get stuck in if our eyes are not firmly fixed or focused on the wonder of Jesus. And today we're going to talk about this heavenly wonder, not just earthly wonder, but this heavenly wonder that comes to us to reawaken our hearts and to pull us out of ditches of doubt and to bring us into wonder again. In some ways, I think this is what the church needs right now so desperately. We've done a good job of, of doing church, but in some ways, we aren't seeing the signs and the wonders that the early church saw in the book of Acts. And I believe that right now, a lot of that is because we've been stuck in all of these different kinds of ditches. This is actually the intersection of where we find Mary in this story. Her question is essentially our question anytime we get stuck in life or when things don't make sense. And let's read it again, verse 34. And she says this, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How will this be? That's essentially our question in life. God, how's this gonna happen? How's this gonna work out? How are we gonna move from where we are to where you want us to be? For Mary, that was a highly personal question because she was still a virgin, obviously. She hadn't been with a man. And at the same time, it's a question for all of us when we face the impossible. God, how will this be? This promise that you have for our lives to give us a hope and a future, how will this be? God, I'm facing difficult situations. God, I'm facing difficult circumstances. How will this be? That's all of our questions. And then what happens next? We sometimes get stuck in a ditch of doubt. We start to doubt. We start to question not just ourselves, but we start questioning God. Did God really say, God, are you really for me and not against me? In many ways, this is the trap or ditch that believers get sucked into or, or fall into most. And we see it in the lives of other people that followed Jesus. Some of Jesus' even closest disciples fell into ditches of doubt. Most famously, we see this in the life of Peter. And I love Peter. Peter's a guy that I can relate to. He's a bit of a bonehead. <laughs> He's zealous for the things of God, but sometimes he gets in his own way. But here it is in the life of Peter. We see an example of this. When Peter was walking on the water with Jesus, Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 says this, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he began to walk on the water and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me, verse 31. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? That's the question to us in our lives today. 
when we're not sure where the provision's gonna come from? Why did you doubt? When we're not sure how we're gonna pay that mortgage bill or that utility bill. Anybody else's utilities bill just get ridiculous when the snow starts to fall? <laughs> I've got a house that like all of a sudden doubles in, in utility price anytime we have to crank the heater, right? And we're like, oh my gosh, this got expensive real quick. How will this be? Where is the provision gonna come? What are we gonna do? What happens when something happens unexpectedly? Your car breaks down, right? These are all practical examples, but for some of us, it's even deeper than that. It's us wrestling through, God, are you even there? God, are you, are you really for me? Do you hate me or do you love me? And for some of you, maybe those of you watching online, that's where, right where you're at today. But I want you to pay attention to this question from Jesus to Peter. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Time out with me for a moment. If I were Peter, I'd probably be like, but Jesus, I just walked on the water, right? Like nobody else has done that as far as I know. Have you guys done that yet? Have you tried? <laughs> Remember that uh, Indiana Jones movie where he's like, he has to take the step of faith, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade? That's some of you like over your pools. Like, I wonder if I could do it, maybe. But nobody else did. What do you mean, Jesus? Like, I got out of the boat. The wind and the waves were crazy, and I, I did it. At least I, I, I walked on the water. Nobody else could ever do that, right? That's probably what he's thinking. That's probably what I'm thinking but why is it that Jesus doesn't praise Peter's faith in this moment, but instead says, oh, you of little faith, right? He points out and rebukes him for not having very much faith. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And we know that it wasn't until Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and began to focus on his circumstances and his situations that he began to sink. Can I tell you something into my first point today? Number one, doubt comes by looking at all the wrong things. Wonder comes by looking to Jesus. Doubt comes by looking at the wrong things and wonder comes by looking to Jesus. Some people say that doubt is the opposite of faith, but I want you to know that I think the opposite of faith is actually sight. Sight. More specifically, it's when you and I begin looking at the wrong things with the wrong kind of vision. Instead of looking to Jesus with eyes of faith, we start focusing wrongly on the circumstances around us and what seems impossible to us. But what did the angel tell Mary? What did the angel say to Mary in verse 37? For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Can I encourage you in that today? Nothing is impossible with God. Faith and wonder, they flood our hearts and our lives the moment we start embracing what God says is possible. Let me say it again for those of you in the back. Put it up there, Keats. Faith and wonder flood our lives. They overwhelm our lives when we start embracing what God says is possible. I wonder today what limitations you're facing that are causing you to take your eyes off of Jesus and to place them on the wind and waves around you. I wonder what situations or limitations you're facing that seem impossible to you. God may just be inviting you in that place to trust him with the impossible. He may just be inviting you to open your heart to wonder, to move from doubt to wonder. We know this is really what 
enables Peter to step out and to do this. His eyes are on Jesus. He says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come and I'll come. And so he puts his eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of his faith. He steps out of the boat. He steps out of his earthly limitation. He steps out onto the sea of possibility, the sea of what Jesus says is possible for him. So let me ask you, what boat is God calling you and I to step out of today? What boat is God calling you and I to step out of it? What limitations do you face that he wants you to look beyond? Let's put it up there on the screen for those taking notes today. What limitations do you currently face that he wants you to look beyond? See, a lot of times the problem with our vision is that it's earthly. When what God is inviting us to is to have a heavenly vision, to have prophetic vision, to see beyond what is possible. And this is a church that stands with the conviction that God is calling her to be a prophetic witness to our culture in the day in which we're living. To have prophetic vision, to see beyond what is possible, to call things that are not as though they are. To speak to things that are dead and to see them come alive. Come on, somebody. To move from doubt to wonder. To a a life where nothing is impossible for those that believe. One of the ways that I think we do this is by adjusting our gaze. Adjusting our gaze. By placing the eyes of our faith on the one in whom our soul depends. Jesus of Nazareth. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says it this way. Let us keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends. Let me ask you, who is your faith depending on today? Is it depending upon your boss? Is it depending upon your gifts, your skills, your intelligence, your manipulative ability to coerce relationships and get what you want? Come on, somebody. Or is it depending upon Jesus, on whom our faith depends The writer says from beginning to end. The truth is that from beginning to end, our faith needs to depend on Jesus. It's not like, okay, Jesus, you saved me. I got it from here. (laughs) But for some people in Christ, that's it. It's like, thank you, Jesus. My ticket's punched to heaven. I've got a clean slate. All right, now I'll take it from here, Jesus. No, our faith depends on him each and every day. You guys know that song? Every hour, I need thee. Every moment, I need thee. Every day, we need him. Our faith needs to depend on Jesus. And this is the truth, that we all need to keep our eyes firmly fixed on him. From beginning to end, he is the one on whom our faith depends, not just some of our faith, amen? Number two today, doubt comes by listening to the wrong voices, and wonder comes by listening to Jesus. I'll say it again, doubt comes By listening to the wrong voices, wonder comes by listening to Jesus. Wonder comes. Paul in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says it this way. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The same way that we know faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing through the words of men. Through the voices of man. As I mentioned last week, right now in our world, we are bombarded by a cacophony of different voices, all competing and vying for our attention. The place of social media and the place of mainstream news and the place of the busyness of our lives and the hustle bustle of our Christmas schedules and our kids' lives and their Christmas parties and their, right? And it just kind of never seems to end. And one of the reasons that I think we fall into these ditches of doubt where we swerve off course and hit walls or get stuck is because we start listening to the wrong voices. 
Instead of listening to God's voice who bids us to come and to step out onto the sea of possibility, we start listening to the voices of men who tell us what isn't possible. You ever been around that person who's like that negative Nelly? And like all she says is like what's negative and points out what can't be and the glass is always half empty? Now, I'm a pretty optimistic person, a joyful, hopeful person. I've got a lot of faith in my heart. But I'll tell you what, when I get around those people that tell me what can't be done, it just begins to suck my energy. It begins to just take life from me. I call them life suckers and life takers. Avoid the life suckers and the life takers. These are like, if, if you know Harry Potter, these are like the death eaters of your soul. And they come to just suck your soul right out of your body. All of your life. They're like at the party being like, oh, man. Look what she's wearing. Oh my gosh, look what he's wearing. Wow, did he really wear that beanie to church today? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh no, he's talking to me. Negative Nellies, right? Just negative. Here's the thing. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in our tongues. So we gotta be careful what voices we listen to because a lot of people have unbridled mouths and they're speaking things into your life and they're prophesying the words of man over you and what God invites you as a child of God to do is to get a prophetic vision for your life where you begin to align your ears with what he's saying is possible. The God for whom nothing is impossible. I'm gonna just crank that into your heart today. So how do we move from this, this place of of doubt to wonder. Mark chapter four, verse 24, Jesus leans into this. He says, pay attention, listen very carefully to what you hear. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. The truth is what we hear and listen to and pay attention to actually affects the measure of our faith. What we hear and pay attention to affects what we believe is possible with God. So let me ask you, what voices are you listening to? Are you filling your life with worldly noise and static? Back in the day, I remember being a little kid when we got our first TV and we didn't have cable and so you would turn the channels and there would just be static on the screen. You guys remember that? Before streaming and all of that, when you actually had to like dial in the antennas and all that. Some of you were like, the designated person to hold the antenna for the family. Like, no, don't move. Wait, all right, just to the left. And you're like, mom, my arm's getting tired. She's like, it's almost over. I mean, that's going way back, right? <laughs> but like the static, or how about like with your radio? Some, anybody ever still use a radio to wake up in the morning as an alarm clock? So a couple years ago, I got all my kids' alarm clocks because I didn't want them using smartphones. And so now when their alarms go off, you hear this... <laughs> And you wonder why they're so mad in the morning. They're like, Ugh. Yeah. They just hear all that static. Well, there's visual static, auditory static. The point is that there's noise, this worldly static in our life that comes from politics, from hate speech, from conspiracy theories, doom and gloom. What are all these voices? They're the voices of man telling us what can't be done and what is not possible. That's why it's so important that we consider not just what we're listening to, but whom we're listening to. And the scriptures have a lot to say about this. In fact, Proverbs 2, verses one through two and verse five says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. A lot of people out there right now that don't have any knowledge or understanding of the Lord and they're speaking. How about John 10, verse 27, my sheep, Hear my voice and I know them. My sheep hear what? His voice. 
and we know them and they follow me. Again, Revelation chapter three, verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church or saying to the church is. Beloved, what and whom we listen to is so vitally important in this day and age. So let me ask you, who are you paying attention to? What voices are you allowing to fill your life? The naysayers and the critics? The worldly haters and has-beens? Or the voice of the king, Jesus himself, who speaks life and life abundantly over you? That's why as a church, we want to be intentional with how we speak life over one another. In our community groups, when we're encouraging each other and building each other up in our most holy faith, when we're speaking words over one another, we're encouraging and lifting each other up, we wanna do so as Jesus does so, as one who speaks life and life more abundantly. Some of you desperately need a heavenly hearing aid to be installed. For those of you that are a little bit older, maybe you've got hearing aids or maybe you know people that do, there's like a little dial, you gotta kinda like turn it, you know, to, to tweak the noise level. For some of you, that's what Jesus wants to do within your heart. He wants, to, he wants to install a heavenly hearing aid to help you hear what he's saying right now. Because the truth is, whoever's voice you amplify most is the one that you will believe. I'll say it again. Whoever's voice you amplify most is the one that you will believe. Another reason we need help hearing God's voice is because he typically doesn't want to shout. Now, I remember being a young man and my grandfather, when he started to lose his hearing, he'd be like, what? And I'd be like, Grandpa, wake up. <laughs> you fell asleep in the middle of the game. Wake up. He'd be like, huh? Right? But God's not like that. God doesn't want to have to shout at us, and he certainly doesn't need us to shout at him. God's voice often comes to us in ways that are more still and more quiet. In fact, we see a great example of this in the life of the prophet Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12 says, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. That's kind of like what's happening in our culture. All this wind and all this stuff just shaking and rattling and making noise. But the Lord was not in the wind. He's not in that, you guys. And after the wind, an earthquake. The world was shaking, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after that, the earth, after the earthquake, a fire. A rumbling, raging fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Some translations say a still small voice. For those of you that grew up with the KJV. The sound of a low whisper is often how God comes to us. Jonathan, if I can get your help with this point, come on up here. I'm going to illustrate this for you. Hopefully to make this more concrete for you. Come on up here, stand up here. What a good man. Silenced the phone and everything. Just totally locked in with me. All right, so open it up, you know, and so turn toward the people. And so this is us, most of us today, with our devices, our iPhones, our Androids, our iPads, our things, right? And so you're on social media and you're scrolling and just keep swiping, you know, the doom swiping that goes on at night when you're in bed and you find yourself watching videos for three hours. Who's done it? Oh, come on, lift your hand. We all done it. And here's the Lord. He's not in the social media. He's not in the fire and the earthquake and the movement and the swiping and all the noise. But he comes to us with a faint low whisper. Jonathan. Nope, keep swiping. You didn't hear me. <laughs> Jonathan. Hey, man, I'd like some time with you today. Hey, Jonathan, can you hear me? I know that social media post is really important right now. It's... For, very important, yes. 
Jonathan. And sometimes if we're not careful, we just continue on and the Lord comes to us to speak and to spend time. And he's like, I guess there's no room. So I'm going to go somewhere else. See ya. Sometimes the Lord is so eager to speak to us. We're like, God, why won't you speak to me? And he's like, I'm trying. You're busy. Your life's noisy. What you need to do is you need to turn off the static and shut down smartphones and be still. Still enough to hear my still and small voice, my low whispering voice when it comes. That's the invitation for us. And the truth is God's whisper is hard to hear if we've got the sound of the world cranked in our ears. God's whisper is hard to hear if we've got the sound of our friends cranked in our ears. God's whisper is hard to hear if we've got the sound of our own inner doubts and our own inner voices cranked in our ears. One of the ways that we move from doubt to wonder, to a life full of wonder, is by adjusting our hearing. So we adjust our gaze and we adjust our hearing. And number three today, doubt comes by believing the wrong things, but wonder comes by believing in Jesus. Doubt comes by believing the wrong things. Wonder comes by believing in Jesus. One of the reasons I think we, we drift or get stuck in these ditches of doubt is that we start believing the wrong things. We start putting our hope in the wrong things. We start trusting the wrong report. We start believing that we can actually do things without him. Not true. Jesus actually says, apart from me, you can do nothing apart from me. But I think one of the ways in which we miss God is that this idea of putting our faith in other things robs us from having a heart that depends fully on God and believing the words of Christ and taking him at his word and trusting in the Lord. And when you're doing life based on what you can do, what you can produce, you're not living supernaturally, you're living naturally. How's that working out for those of you watching or listening to this online? You feel tired? You feel frustrated? You feel maybe a little overwhelmed, maybe burnt out? How about angry? How about hopeless? How about disappointed, confused? God, what, do, what am I doing? Where do I go? Maybe you're feeling lost. I think the reason we end up feeling these ways is because we're trying to do life apart from God. And we're trying to do it our way on our terms without the help of the Holy Spirit. One of the most beautiful things about the spirit life, the Christ life, the Jesus life is that he doesn't just go, okay, do your best. I'm rooting for you. No, he says, I will send you a helper. And he sends us the Holy Spirit. This is the, the promise to all who believe in him that they would receive this beautiful gift. John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Why does he say another? Because essentially this was Jesus's role when he was with his crew. He was helping them. He was teaching them. He was leading them. He was guiding them. He was discipling them. But then he said, it's not good for me to stay because if I stay, then I can't send another helper to you or counselor or advocate, the paraclete, Jesus saying the Holy Spirit himself. And so he goes and he says, if you ask the Father, I will give you the helper to be with you on your good days. Come on. What does it say? Forever. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure we're reading the same scripture here. Forever. Even the spirit of truth. I love that. Whom the world cannot receive. The world can't receive the spirit because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be or live in you. 
This is the same promise that we see given to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Let's put it up there. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You see, the promise of the Holy Spirit to Mary was that she would give birth to the Son of God. What seemed impossible for her was once again made very possible by God being with her personally. And it all became, and it all came about because of this arrival of the Holy Spirit in her life. And in the same way, God wants his spirit to take up residence within our lives so that her promise could be our promise. So that what seemed impossible to her and what seems impossible to us is now made very possible because of our God. And not just our God out there in the cosmos somewhere reigning and ruling over creation, but God right here in us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us, that he puts his all-surpassing power in jars of clay like you and me. Anybody got a few cracks? Yeah, you know why? So that his light can shine through you. Anybody feel a little fragile or weak? So that his grace can be made perfect through you. So that his strength can be made perfect through you. So that his life can be put on display through you. We have the presence of a helper with us. And in the same way, this is the promise for every person. Not just the elite, not just the educated, not just those that have their act together. Come on. But for every person who puts their faith in Christ. John 7 verse 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of their heart will flow rivers of living water. This is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit activity. The Spirit wants to flow through us like rivers of living water, plural, meaning many. I want you to get the picture of a raging rapid that God wants to break forth from your spirit, from your heart, from your soul. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, and I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? You see, at the end of the day, it all boils down to what you believe. Doubt comes by believing the wrong things. Wonder happens when we start believing in Jesus. The impossible happens when we start believing in Jesus. So that's the question I want to end our time with today. Have you put your hope, faith, and trust in Jesus to be your resurrection in your life? If so, you're promised this gift of eternal and everlasting life now in the same way that Jesus says you will never die. The life that begins in the here and after begins now. Eternity is now. What you do now is in preparation for what is to come, which means this life matters, not just the one to come. But this life, and that's why Jesus comes into the midst of it, the promise of God with us, Emmanuel, stepping into human flesh and saying, I'm with you because this life matters. And I'm ready to be your resurrection and I'm ready to be your life and I'm ready to place my Holy Spirit within you so that rivers and rapids of living water can flow. But do you believe it? For some of us, that's right where we are today. We're standing between two voices trying to tell us what to believe. Can I encourage you? Believe Jesus. Believe God, put your faith in what he said. His words are the only words that bring life. His words are the only words that bring truth. His words are the only words that make what seems impossible, possible today. In closing, some of us need to dramatically shift what we've been looking at and who we've been listening to and what we've been believing today. Well, what does that look like practically, Pastor Jay? I'm glad you asked. Maybe it's getting some fresh vision for your life as you step into 2024. Maybe it's learning to practice some new and better habits. 
Maybe it's going back to that place of just looking at Jesus with childlike wonder again, returning to your first love and going back and doing the things that you did at first. Maybe that's the invitation for some of you today. Maybe it's you becoming more sensitive to what you're paying attention to and who you're allowing to have access to the ears of your heart. Maybe it's turning down some of these voices we've talked about today and amplifying God's voice throughout your daily routine. Or maybe it's as simple as saying yes to Jesus. And all these things, know this, God's great and grand invitation for us is to believe and to experience a life full of wonder, not a life crippled by fear, not a life crippled by anxiety, and certainly not a life crippled by doubt. I wonder if that's where you are this morning. Can I just take a few moments just to speak life over these areas of your life today? Is that okay? And then we're gonna take communion as a church. Can we do that? Father, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit today. We thank you for wonder. We thank you that you fill our lives with faith. Lord, thank you that you're calling us to move from doubt to wonder, from what is not possible to what is possible in you. And I just wanna speak, even just prophetically over that heart today, wrestling over maybe decisions that are difficult. Maybe it's removing certain voices from their life, certain friends that they know have not been a great influence on their life. They've been speaking all the wrong things. Well, Jesus, you come to speak the right things into our life. But sometimes we gotta take a step of faith and we gotta distance ourselves from things that are pulling us away from you. And if that's you today, I just wanna pray that the Lord would grace you and strengthen you and give you power to do that. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you wanna be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at courageouschurch.com.